Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, brought to you by the commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have a very interesting topic all about spam and scams. Gosh, that's a mouthful, spam and scams. <laughs> and today we have the fabulous Grace Yee from our Trademarks Division at Aspect Legal back here to talk to us. Hi, Grace. Thanks for coming on board. Hi, Joe. Great. Well, we have Grace here today because a lot of the scams that we're going to be talking about in our quick tip session relate specifically to trademarks and intellectual property. But the reason for this podcast came from an ACCC report that's just come out that's talked about the scams that have been reported over 2017. And they're quoting $340 million worth of combined financial losses for individuals and businesses in 2017 due to scams. That's a large number, isn't it, Grace? $340 million. It's, I can't get my head around it. I know. It's it's huge. It's huge. And, you know, I, I think it's fascinating because we get to see quite a few of these, well, not sure if you want to call them scams or spam, but either way, we see quite a few of these emails coming in from our clients and luckily they send it to us before they pay them uh, and we're able to put them on the straight and narrow. But we're hoping in this podcast, we can help put you on notice about the sorts of things that you might be receiving that you should be extraordinarily wary of and not just rush out and pay them. So Grace, maybe if you can talk about um, a couple of things that we've been seeing a lot of. I was going to say recently, but actually it's not that recently. We've seen it going on for quite a while, haven't we? Yes, absolutely. And the issue that's causing this is that, of course, with trademark owners, your details are publicly available on the trademarks register. So it's an unfortunate result of the trademark register operating in that way. And so I guess if you're a trademark owner, you've got to be extra vigilant because you're a target. And I think interestingly, and and maybe what we'll do is we'll delve into some of these things that we've seen, but a lot of these things that we see actually look quite legitimate on the face of it. Some of them don't look as legitimate. So say, for example, let's talk about the Chinese domain name registrar type email. Now, it doesn't look well, I don't know. Sometimes they can look legitimate. Sometimes they're obviously not. And they can be quite different from one another. But generally speaking, what happens is we have an email that comes to a company that is noted as the owner of a trademark. And the email says something like, we are a Chinese domain name registrar and we've we've received a registration application from 
some other company and they'll they'll choose your company name who and they say that this other company wants to register your brand and some domain names but they're giving you the opportunity first to let them know if your company is cooperative for that and whether you have verified the applicant to use these names so all of this seems quite um well legitimate quite, quite legitimate <laughs> yeah. doesn't it how, how does it work grace what's wrong um, with this so obviously these people have gotten your details from looking up the domain name registry because all of your details are available publicly of course if you've got a domain name the issue is you you might have no interest in getting a domain name in these other countries at all and it's a scam yeah <laughs> so if you get this sort of email you should just ignore it yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I guess here's why we have the name of spam and scams for for this podcast because I guess scam has a ha, you know has a very deep connotation to it and and you know it may very well be that all these businesses are trying to do is find creative ways, perhaps not particularly truthful, but creative ways of soliciting your business to use them to grab a, in this instance, a Chinese domain name for your business. Or maybe they might be trying to get you to register a trademark in their jurisdiction. So it may or may not be a full-on scam, but certainly it's spam because it's unwanted. And unless you're dealing in China, and you've decided that you want intellectual property protections there through trademarks, for example, or domain name registration, it's probably completely unnecessary for you. Mm, But in any case, you should still check it out and make sure that you're choosing the service provider yourself rather than responding to unsolicited requests for you to engage their services. Because I guess the worst case scenario is that they're not even a real company and you get nothing for paying for something. So you should be really careful before you engage anybody, especially over the internet as a result of an email. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and the fact, I guess, that we have seen so many different versions of this type of email, you know, and, and here we're talking about China, but it's not always China, you know, they come in from all um, sorts of, uh, you know, different looking jurisdictions, but the yes. answer is still the same. If, if you get an unsolicited email that talks about someone else getting onto the register before you with a domain name or a trademark and do you consent, look, in reality, no one's going to ask you that that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, there's there's the trigger there that it's some sort of scam. So, let's talk about what else we're seeing, Grace. Yeah. What, what are other so, ones? So, this one, this type of um, letter is so common that I've actually got an email ready always to go to clients if they come and ask me about it. And we always do warn them before it happens as well, but they still pick up on it, which is always good that they're picking up on it. Essentially, what happens is if a client decides to go ahead and register a trademark, sometime during the trademark process, once their application's been published, they'll receive a letter with an invoice from an international trademark firm or registration company offering for them to help them get a trademark overseas. And there'll be an invoice for quite a huge sum of money. And the client will contact me and say, is this is this for real? Do I do I need to pay for this? I wasn't aware of these sorts of costs and I'll always have to tell them, oh, this is this is spam. <laughs> This is it. not from us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, and, and that's one of the issues sometimes. I think if organisations receive these invoices, 
quite often when you receive an invoice, an organisation just feels they need to pay it, you know, and especially if it ends up somehow in the accounts payable department and the accounts payable doesn't have a strict enough process around invoices they're paying. You know, I, I guess that's certainly where the risk is. But we, we're certainly not saying that international registrations aren't a good idea. May, and this is a good time for us to, you know, emphasise that receiving these notices can sometimes be great in terms of reminding you of something you may have forgotten about in terms of thinking about overseas jurisdictions that you may want to register in. The point is not to do it with these companies that are contacting you in unsolicited ways because quite often you may not be receiving what you assume you're receiving, you may receive nothing. <laughs> That's right. And and it's such a known situation that IP Australia have dedicated a page of their website listing all the organisations that they're aware of that engage in this sort of behaviour. So I always send clients a link to that page as well so that we can check if the invoice that they've received you know, is among that group of companies. And quite often it is. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not, you know, we um, encourage you to keep sending these scams and spams through to us. We forward them on to the appropriate bodies. And, and I think it's important for the uh, governmental bodies to be able to keep building these registers of our spammers and scammers. So keep sending them back to us. But perhaps a good thing to do when you receive these is to use it as a trigger. You know, are there some other things in relation to my trademark? I should be thinking about from an international perspective. And if so, talk to someone who's legitimate. We're happy to talk at any point. Just ask us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, that's right. And uh, just, maybe just to point that if you're ever receiving an invoice about your trademarks, generally they'll always come on government letterhead if they're IP Australia based. So if, you're, if it's to do with your Australian trademark or it will come directly from us. So Anything above that or beyond that, it, you've got to you've got to query it. Absolutely, and look for all of our clients. Generally speaking, it will always come through us. So certainly, if you're listening to this and you're a client of ours and you receive anything that hasn't been forwarded from us, just assume it's a spam or a scam, or That's contact right. us before you do anything with it. One of these spams or scams that came to my mind as you were talking about the last one, Grace, was uh, trademark renewal invoices. Oh, so yes. we're seeing those as well out there, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the thing with trademark renewals is that you have a 12-month window from the final date that the trademark is due for renewal. And what we're finding is that these spammers are contacting clients much earlier than that. So I guess way before the clients even turn their attention to the fact that it's due for renewal, these spammers are getting in there quite early and getting money out of trademark owners that way. And the way that works generally, I mean, assuming the money, if you pay them, assuming any part of the money actually goes to the renewal process, generally speaking, they'll whack a really large fee on top of it as well. We've seen instances of businesses who have thought that this is how much it costs to renew their mark, when in fact, the the actual costs of renewing a mark are, are actually quite low. So uh, once again, it's all part of the box and dice. If you receive something you're not sure, let us know because we'll uh, probably have seen it quite a few times before. <laughs> That's right. So it's a 
a timely warning and reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one other that came to mind for me, Grace, as well, uh, before we wrap up, is the business registry uh, or directory listing scam and or spam. And this was going, I haven't actually seen this one in the last few months, but this was going around quite a bit in previous years. And the way it worked was you would receive a notice that required the payment of a certain amount of money in order for your directory listing not to expire. And sometimes it was worded in such a way that it actually looked like trademark, but in fact, it was really only offering to give you in return for your payment of $1,500 or whatever it was, a directory listing on some international directory. Yeah, Mm. that's right. But the correspondence looks like you're actually getting the renewal for an international trademark. Right. And trademarks are one of these types of intellectual property protections that are a jurisdiction by jurisdiction protection. So you should certainly be wary of anything, not just unsolicited and from someone that's not us, but also that talks about a complete international registration because that effectively doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I had a few excited people contacting me, you know, saying, wow, look at this, you know, it's an, you, you can now get international registrations one you know and I'm like no I'm sorry uh this is a spam or scam I have to say I have Mm. to say um so yeah that's it that's it so who's getting targeted Grace it's all sorts of people isn't it Yes, but sadly, the vast majority of people losing out seem to be the SMEs, which is very unfortunate. It seems that they must just have less resources to stay on top of these things. Probably just a just a good reminder that it can be as simple as just turning your attention to what is this that I'm being invited to pay for? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, look, it seems so simple, but when businesses are busy and, you know, particularly if they've grown quickly and, you know, suddenly are taking on a whole raft of uh new expenses, which is what happens with growth organisations sometimes. Sometimes invoices that aren't legitimate, that look legitimate, can accidentally get caught up in the, in the pay cycle. And we, we've certainly seen that happen a few times before when people haven't haven't inquired with us before paying, but inquired afterwards. But I just wanted to add, and it's, it's actually, I completely agree that there is a big risk there for SMEs, and particularly those in growth phase. But also, you know, we have some very large clients who have also been tangled up in some of these issues and in some instances paid and in some instances contacted just before the moment of payment and we've been able to um, to help them pull it back. So it's, I mean, these emails don't seem to discriminate really. If, if you've got a, a trademark registration, you as the owner have your details public and certainly if your business holds a domain name, that is also generally publicly searchable. So this might trigger you to be the recipient of a number of these types of communications. So The advice from us, Grace? Yes. Be careful. (laughs) And and you know what? I was just thinking it's really good that these scammers follow a pattern. (laughs) Well, that's true. It's easier for us to, you know, help our clients be on top of it. Yeah, that's right. Just like in the general public sphere rather than the business sphere, we're all aware of these scams that come out of 
Is it Zimbabwe? <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. I, I think, you know, these days they, they can come from almost anywhere. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But look, it, it's a good reminder to be vigilant. I think this ACCC report is a really interesting one, you know, talking about the $340 million in losses. So just a reminder, stay vigilant. If ever you're unsure, just ask us. We'll just answer it for you. As I say, we've probably seen most of them before, so we can give you a very quick answer. All right, great. Well, look, thanks again for tuning in to our quick tips today, all about spam and scams in trademark. If you'd like more information about this topic, just head over to our website at talkinglaw.com. And through that website, you'll also be able to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal. If you'd like help with any of the items we covered today, take advantage of a 15-minute free call with any of our legal eagles if you have particular issues that you want to discuss. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.